Hi everyone, welcome to Therapish, where we discuss relationships through the lens of pop culture and the world around us. It's not therapy, but I am a licensed therapist. Hi everyone, welcome to Therapish. Today I have a really special guest, my sister, Sigal. I'm so excited that she's here because first of all, we have a really great subject we're excited to talk about. But before we can even get into that, I need to say that our whole life, my sister and I have always been told that we sound identical. People have gotten us confused. People have constantly remarked on it. It's something we've always heard about. And both of us really have always agreed that it's not true. And today, we officially did our first test run. We recorded both of our voices on this podcast. And we found out that everyone's been completely correct. <laughs> so you're going to have a really hard time distinguishing between the two of us. And all I could really say is good luck because it's a hard one. So now I'm going to go ahead and let my sister say hello. And this, just so you know, this is not me talking. This is my sister, Sigal. Hi, everyone. Hi, Orly. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited and been looking forward to this for a while. Yay! I'm so excited you're here. So the reason I wanted you here today is because I think it was about four years ago, you and I were on a road trip together. We were driving and it was over six, seven hours and we were so bored. We didn't have anything to listen to anymore. And I asked Sigal to talk about her job. <laughs> I said, could you give me a live podcast of your job? And we all know how exciting that is. Like, how often do you actually get asked about what you do all day? And stuck with a person who's going to sit there and really listen. With no choice. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, my job is to think about sustainability and how we can be more efficient about how we use our natural resources. Which is exactly why I asked you to explain all this, because even you saying that, I have ideas of what that means, but I don't actually really know. And so I remember I basically said, Sigal, why don't you just tell me everything you do and explain all the ins and outs? And you went for it. I kind of saw it as a live podcast that I got to listen to. And it's one of the most not only memorable podcasts because I got so much out of it, but I also really just, I just genuinely learned a lot and there were so many things I did not know. And it was really fun because you totally entertained me and kept me awake and it was awesome. That's one of the reasons I want you here for an official podcast. <laughs> so what we basically talked about was the world of recycling, whereas it seems like it's very clear and matter of fact, actually has a whole world of where our plastic actually goes and yeah. what happens to it. Yeah. Ever since that, I like to call it my live podcast, but that conversation you and I had, I've never been able to look at a piece of plastic the same since we spoke. I can't bring myself to use Ziploc bags anymore. Now I really have an understanding that this piece of plastic, this choice, this convenience for me is going to actually exist in this world longer than I will, longer than my kids will, longer than my potential future grandchildren will live. And that total, it will take almost half a century, if at all, to decompose. And now every single time I make a choice to use plastic, I have to really provide evidence to myself in that moment that it's worth it because I don't really think it is anymore. And that conversation with you is what made me realize that. Yeah. And of course, when I tell people I work for the environment, it's so easy for people to immediately feel guilty just looking at me. They could be holding a plastic water bottle. Mm -hmm. I could be holding a plastic water bottle, whatever it may be. And suddenly people feel guilty. But that's really not the point of any of this. Plastic is huge in our life. I obviously use plastic. We all do. Mm -hmm. But it's just about, you know, making our decisions to make sense and understanding our impact. And then we can decide, you know, at least we know more right. about so what we're doing. What you're saying is you're not here to shame anybody. Right. But you're basically saying, listen, we all use plastic. We can't completely get rid of it. But there are ways to use it to be more conscious of our decisions where 
we kind of make choices. This is a good time to use it, and this is actually a time we really don't need to. We have other better choices. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole plastic industry, their job is basically to remind us how convenient plastic is. Right. They don't remind us about the health impacts, the pollution, the waste um, issues surrounding it. They just want to make sure we know how convenient and easy mm-hmm. it is to use. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons I love using the plastic thing as an example is because altogether when you think about climate change, it's kind of this thing we've all heard about. Some of us are really stressing about it. Some may not be, but that's okay. <laughs> but I think in the big in the big picture, it is something that feels very beyond us. Okay, so I hear about climate change. I think about glaciers melting. What am I going to do about that? Yeah. And there are things that we can do. There's yeah. actually this. It, we're not so helpless. And I think what happens is when we feel helpless, it feels more chaotic. We don't know what to do. We're like we don't have any power in this. We're fully powerless. And therefore, it causes more anxiety and also makes us distance ourselves from the problem. And not do anything. Exactly. Yeah. This is almost too much. It becomes overwhelming. I'm just going to, you know, put that invisible wall up and this is not something I need to deal with anymore. Yeah. So, so yeah, what are things we actually could deal with? (laughs) So, like, just as not to get, you know, too technical on things, plastic waste is a really easy and but well-connected example for climate change. Because when we throw away things into the landfill, plastic, food, whatever it may be, I think we sort of all have this image of it's in the ground, it's decomposing, Mm -hmm. it's returning to the earth, Mm -hmm. it's the cycle, Mm -hmm. and we move on. And we did our job. Like, we we did did our job. That was always my view. Like, this is the good, this is what you're supposed to do. And the United States, let's just, you know, because we live here, and California is grand. We have a lot of land. You know, like, what's the big deal of taking a parcel of land and turning it into a landfill and throwing our trash in there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Out of sight, out of mind, let's move on. It's so out of sight. I have no idea where any of them are. I've never been to one. If I have, which I think is interesting, I bet I have and didn't know it, but I've never known it. I've, I, I, they're so out of sight and out of mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do recommend finding out where your local landfill is. <laughs> how, in, how do you do something like that? I mean, in half, I live in San Mateo, and I know ours is actually in Half Moon Bay, which you would never associate with a landfill. Sorry. It's like you go to the landfill, and you literally have a view of the ocean. Right. It's beautiful. So for people who don't know, Half Moon Bay is, is a beautiful kind of beach town, touristy area. People go there to visit and to travel to. So to go back to like how we picture landfills, what happens mm-hmm. there, that's actually not what happens at all. It's imagine <laughs> more like you take all your trash in, huh? your, in your plastic bag, you tie it real tight, mm-hmm. there's no air, and you leave it out and it basically rots and turns into all sorts of gases. Okay. So it doesn't really decompose. Oh, that's interesting because what you're saying is when you put it in a landfill, they're not like emptying it out of these plastic bags. No. And the landfill is sealed with plastic, right? Mm -hmm. Because a landfill, it's really important. It has plastic usually, you know, on the bottom and covers when it's over Mm -hmm. because we don't want all our trash to then, the chemicals to leach into our groundwater, so a landfill is completely sealed for most of the part. Oh. And if it does leach into our groundwater, then that's really problematic. So it's actually not going into the dirt or no, anything like that. No, it's not going it's... back to our soil. It's not going, it's no nutrients or it's, it's, there's no cycle part of it. So it's just sealed within itself, rotting. In a way, it's a time capsule. We could probably unearth our landfills in 100 years and be shocked at how much is still recognizable. That's so crazy. Yeah. So when you say that these landfills are actually producing and releasing some sort of gas, what kind of gas are you talking about? It's methane gas, which is both a pollutant 
and contributing to climate change. And, and so what does that mean? So climate change, we're seeing the weird effects of climate change. Mm-hmm. Things are getting warmer or colder in some areas. Right. We're going to expect The glaciers more, are melting. Glaciers are melting. <laughs> or we're going to expect, you know, sea level rise because glaciers are melting. Uh-huh. But also like droughts and wildfires and just like okay. impacts all around. So everything we're seeing in the news. Yeah. What about related. fires? It's all related. I mean, even the other day I saw, this was just a headline, but how... Birds' eggs are hatching earlier. Oh, that's because they're just not yeah, yeah. lined up with what's happening. No, I'm sure if we if we go into all these Everything. specific animals and all this stuff, it's changing all kinds of ecological environments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, everything's connected. <laughs> yeah, everything's really connected. Everything's really connected. But even without like the climate change part, methane uh-huh. is a pollutant that we don't want excess of in our environment. Right. So in a landfill, what happens is it's producing methane mm-hmm. because all this stuff is rotting and when it rots, it creates gas and then they release, they need to let go of that gas because if they don't, that's, it's going to burst. So they need to release this gas and then it gets released into the environment. Got it. It needs to get released to some, to there's, somewhere. Yeah. There's wells that basically release it. Okay. So what you're saying is that the methane is being released and because it, it is flammable and so on, we do have to release it. It's getting released into the air, which again affects everything we just said. So is the answer composting and recycling? Is that the answer? It really is. <laughs> I mean, it may, like we could joke that that's yeah. so silly and uh-huh. easy, You think of composting, it's an age-old cycle of earth. We take our food waste, Mm -hmm. we put it under heaps of soil, Uh worms and bacteria do this magic. Lovely, sounds beautiful. And it literally turns into nutrients for the soil that you then use to to grow food again. And does does it release methane or any other gas? it does not release anything. It's completely back to the soil. So this is why it's so important because there's so much food in trash and in landfills that's not able to go through its natural cycle. And we're really fortunate. We live in California Mm -hmm. where we actually have these requirements and these processes to to compost. Mm -hmm. I get compost picked up from my home, you know, that, and for anyone else that does, you know, it basically means you get to put food waste in your yard waste, like, and all that goes into industrial sized composting areas. So you're saying we have different bins and one of our bins is an actual compost bins, which all our garden stuff goes into and our extra food items go into. Yeah. Yeah. And And so like when I cook, I have a compost bin and when I cut my chop my vegetables or whatever it is or peel my carrots, all the peels and all the extra stuff go into this compost bin, go into my bigger compost bin with my garden stuff and end up in some sort of big compost landfill. I don't know what to call it. In in our area, you know, it goes to industrial composting Mm -hmm. where after within like two months, it turns into soil and basically goes then to like Napa wineries. Right. You know, like that's like a real full cycle, what we're talking about. Is California the only state doing things to create regulations around composting? No, it's it's happening in other areas, in New York and Massachusetts uh-huh. and Austin. It's definitely exists in other areas, but I would say it's most regulated in California, which means it's more set up for success. Well, it's interesting because I was recently in New York and I remember seeing a stand in one of the farmer's markets where they were basically, they had some sort of stand where they were incentivizing composting 
for locals. Yes. And um, because will, it's not regulated. Orly will tell you I love getting photos of different <laughs> trash bins from around town, around the world to see how other cities are doing Yeah, it. I may or may not have like sent you a bunch of photos exactly. of all these compost trash bins. <laughs> Thank you. In full honesty. <laughs> yeah, because it's really interesting to see how other states and cities are handling this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a big issue. So the food part is one part of it. And now the plastic part, we haven't been around long enough to know how it really decomposes, but scientists estimates you know, half a century it'll take to decompose. Mm-hmm. So the best thing with plastic is either recycle it or reduce your use. Can plastic be recycled? Yes, but it's a question of quality, right? Like just to give you an example, when you have an aluminum can mm-hmm. or a glass jar. So when you say aluminum can, like a soda can, yes, something like that. Exactly. A glass jar, wine bottle, etc. Jam, jelly, whatever. Exactly. That could be recycled for infinity to the exact same product. Meaning an aluminum can, especially here in California, in California, within three months, that same metal from your um, soda today is probably back on the shelf. That's really cool. The to exact think same product, mm-hmm. and that's similar with glass too. Plastic. What happens is oftentimes it's down recycled, right? So. It's um, it's not high quality product, so it'll get recycled, but it may turn into your insulation, it may turn into decking material, it may turn into other products, which none of that is bad, right? We want it to be recycled, but it still just degrades the quality of things. So we want to, ideally, we would avoid disposing of low quality plastics, like saran wrap, Ziploc bags, plastic film, you know, that's plastic, plastic straws cannot be recycled. Okay. You know, things like your water bottles, shampoo bottles, laundry detergents, those are are fully recyclable. So you're saying that certain shampoo bottles, body wash bottles, like things like that actually could be recyclable even though they're plastic. Especially if they have, you know, we're all familiar with that triangle. um, Yes. It's recycling sign. If they have a number one or number two, there's a big chance those products are being recycled back into plastic bottles, and which is really good. Those other plastic numbers from three, four, five, six, seven, I think it goes up to seven, those should still go into the recycling bin, but there's probably a less chance they're being recycled into quality products. Okay, I hear what you're saying. You're basically saying aluminum cans and jars, glass, those things are going to the basically the exact same quality. Plastic is going to something lower. Yeah. And it almost sounds as if we're not going to be able to keep thinking of things to turn plastic into. So exactly. that's why we need to just reduce plastic, period. Exactly. And it's not just, you know, I don't, I won't dive too deep into it, but, you know, plastic has other problems. The production of plastic, you know, trust me, you do not want to work in that factory that's producing mm, plastic. Because it lets out different kind of, yeah, it's what. very high pollutant. It's yeah. very efficient. I yeah. will say, if it's not clear, all our plastic comes from oil. It's all petroleum-based. Mm-hmm. When we buy plastic, we're supporting oil industry, mm-hmm. which, of course, isn't all bad. We all rely on oil, but it still has a really big impact. Plastic's basically made, you take oil, you turn it into gas, and then you have these byproducts of the oil, and that's turned into plastic. So plastic is very efficient, and that's why it's so cheap to make and, and convenient. Right. But it has health effects both in producing of it and when you throw it away health effects you know like what did we read like 
everyone is now ingesting a credit card size of plastic in their bodies. I never even read that. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Yes, it's in the news. Everyone's ingesting... That's like when you find out that we all eat like two or three spiders a year and we're like completely disgusted. Exactly. Now you're telling me we also eat a we're credit card? We're totally ingesting plastic all the time. <laughs> That's so gross. Especially water bottles. There's plastic residue in things and in our food and trace amount. That's happening. Mm-hmm. That's so, so crazy. And it has health effects. But you know what I think is also really interesting? So I, I can see you because obviously you guys can't see, but I see Sigal kind of struggling with how, how into this do I get? <laughs> Before I lose people's interest. Totally. And how not into this. Like, how can I summarize this in a way that people will actually stay tuned? And I think the reason is, is because people don't want to hear about all these details. Like, we get lost easily and it, it kind of, we start to zone out. It goes over our heads. Yeah. But I think the reason it's so important is because what we're kind of going to is where we started in the beginning. There's, there is this stress of climate change and we don't really know what it means. We don't really know. It feels really big and way, we feel really powerless. And we're kind of going back to what you're saying. You're saying... There are things we could do. There are things that are in our control. And if we learn more and understand more about it, we could really realize that decreasing our use of plastic actually will have a significant positive effect. And what you said, I heard what you said. You know, I think it's almost trendy to kind of have metal straws now and so on. That's like the biggest tourist, every tourist story you'll see like these metal straws. But as much as we kind of want to make fun of it, it actually, straws really aren't recyclable. Like this really does make an effect. Yeah. There's actually stuff that we could do. I was telling Orly before, maybe everyone's seen it already, but there's that little post that says, oh, I, don't, I stopped using a straw today, said six billion people. Six billion. Yeah. yeah. So while it seems so frivolous to not use a straw, like mm-hmm. who really cares? Mm-hmm. And what can I really do to make that difference? Yeah. We have to like just try and remember that every step counts and yeah. accumulated. Yeah. Every step. And also, just to talk about steps for a second, too, my other favorite imagery is we're going up a ladder. We're not expected to jump up and leap to zero waste. Right. To getting to a perfect utopia clean in a minute. Right. We have one ladder rung that maybe we're starting to bring our own bags to the grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Another ladder rung that we are now... We know how to drink without straws. We I feel deal. like you're literally naming my ladder steps. Yes. <laughs> like I started with bags. I stopped straws. I also stopped when I go to stores now to get to go food. I don't get the lids for the cups anymore. I just use the plastic cup. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> that would defeat my whole purpose. I just use the, what is the material? Paper, cardboard, whatever. But it's not plastic cups. And I don't get lids. I don't get straws anymore. And, and I do have to say, because I do have young kids. And sometimes straws, especially in a car, like a road trip, are really convenient with the lid and the amount of guilt I have now like I find myself saying no you know we're just not going to fill to the top or you just have to hold it from here and but the interesting thing is the guilt works because I have other solutions now I bring my bottles my reusable bottles from home and I refill those yeah like the guilt actually has made me find solutions to these barriers that I put up for myself yeah with my kids it's sort of hilarious it depends what (laughs) mood they're in but if we go out or something, sometimes they'll look at me and be like, hey, look, I said no to the straw. And then sometimes they'll look and be, at me and be like, I'm using the straw. <laughs> and you're like twitching. And they, you're and like, they know. do you, honey? And they know, you know. <laughs> at least they know that the impact. That's what counts here. Well, what you're you know? saying is at least they know that they're taking action. 
that could either help reduce the problem or unfortunately help exacerbate the problem. Yeah, I am a total optimist and I do feel like when we know better, we do better. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, I think that's a great concept because basically what you're saying is that once we have the information, we can make better decisions. And a lot of us just don't have the information. I think that's something very important to share because it's not that people are doing things that are bad or evil or whatnot. They literally just don't have all the information. Yeah. And one thing I think about, and you told me this, I didn't know this before, but you described to me how back in like the 80s, 90s, I think you had told me, one of the biggest issues of topic for environmentalists was the ozone layer. Mm -hmm. And what was the issue around it? Basically, people um, in aerosols, like spraying hairspray, you know, big in the 70s, had chemicals in it called CFCs. And it was literally burning a hole. I mean, there's also, it was used in industry, but literally burning a hole in our ozone layer. And that was talked about. Everybody was freaking out about the ozone back then. Yes, I definitely remember that. Mm -hmm. And then regulation basically. Well, you know what I love about it too? That you remember that. Yeah, like I wonder how many, so. Yeah, like I wonder if it was on other people's radars. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but maybe it was. I, I, don't, I really don't know. I yeah. was. I think I was, I don't know if it was on mine. It was an issue. Yeah. You know? And is it an issue today? So today it's basically not talked about anymore because regulation came in, worldwide regulation. All the countries signed these treaties to mm-hmm. say they will no longer use these chemicals. Mm-hmm. And while the hole is still there, it's healing. And we don't have these chemicals anymore, or we've greatly reduced them, and it's made an impact. You know, climate change, unfortunately, is more of a political issue, you know, but so countries haven't all reached agreement. But being an optimist, I do think that we're, we're trying to tackle the issue. And what you're saying is it's doable. You're saying when people unite against a problem, there are action items we can do to actually make a difference. And I think that's really important because... One of the things, not only is climate change feels a little overwhelming and therefore we get a little powerless in it, but there are a lot of people, and I've spoken to a lot of teens in our world today who really come and tell me, what are we going to do about climate change? What's our world going to look like when we're older, et cetera, et cetera? And there's some real stress around it. And we don't need to feel so powerless. We don't need to feel so helpless. There's things we can do. And history shows that it does get better once people unite. I think so, for sure. So we're, we're going to take the optimistic route on <laughs> yes, this one. Yes. Yeah, so we really feel like it's there's something we can do. I mean, there's a doom and gloom vision you can have, um, and it's I'm not saying it's wrong, but like in order for us to move forward and make better decisions, mm-hmm. I think it's good to know that the things we do have wide benefits. Other than climate change, mm-hmm. we're talking about better air quality, better water quality, our mm-hmm. oceans, pollution, you know, like those images, right, mm-hmm. of sea animals with, plastic yeah there's everyone's seen like the turtle with the straw stuck in its nose it's the most horrid video ever there's just wide benefits Mm -hmm. that we that all of these types of actions have well what you're saying is it's a really amazing snowball effect us making one decision for example this is a decision i've now taken on but i no longer buy any saran wrap or any ziploc bags or anything plastic i only buy compostable ones which are available at the stores and on, I've seen it online too. It's available. And that small impact, if all of us do something like that, it actually will really quickly become a snowball effect into a very large and impactful impact, <laughs> impactful impact, and affect everything. Yes. I mean, trust me, you'll, when you come to my house one day, of course I have plastic. But yes, like... Thinking about, you know, next time you take a Ziploc bag, that this bag will be on this planet way longer than you or your children or your grandchildren. 
for you to use for maybe three minutes mm-hmm. to take from plate point A to point B mm-hmm. or to just wrap, you know, whatever food you have to put in the fridge for mm-hmm. a full day. Mm-hmm. It's just not worth it. Well, before I let you go, I just need to say one thing on that because I have told, I've guilted a lot of my friends around this. And my friends have actually come back and said, like, I can't use plastic bags anymore because of you. But one myth that I think is interesting is that a lot of them said they don't know what to use anymore. Yes. And I say that I use aluminum foil when I'm on the go. And and obviously there's also glass Tupperware that I use, and that makes me feel good. But that is breakable. It's not always so convenient. So aluminum foil is something I've used. Before I let you go, is aluminum foil a good solution or not really? Aluminum foil is great in that it could be recycled. And just know, like, even with food residue, you just roll it into a ball and put it in your recycling bin. So if you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, wrap it up in aluminum foil. If it has some jelly on it, don't worry. Wrap yeah. it into a ball. Exactly. Okay. But yes, I would I would prefer compostable bags that you mentioned over aluminum uh-huh. and reusable. I do want to say one thing about um, reusables. An argument against it is the water used to wash things. Well, I love that you're saying that because that's not even something I would have known. <laughs> but Welcome in your, to my head. But, but I, in your world, that's the argument. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do want to just share, you know, even in California with the drought, like any water we use to wash, anything reusable, which should be the number one choice and mm-hmm. things, is um, fa- you know, the manufacturing of any of those products of plastic and waste and everything mm-hmm. is far outweighed by water we may use to wash items. So you're saying it's worth it, wash the reusable yes. item. So if I had to put tell, you know, <laughs> prioritize the order, I'd say number one, reusable, number two, compostable. And number three, recyclable. So aluminum foil would fall into the recyclable. Basically, if I have to come out with one message to avoid, it's just those single-use plastic items. And single-use means you're using it for a really short amount of time, and it's way going to outlive any impact. I I always think about it now. I'm like, is this convenience for me worth this item living on this planet longer than me, my children, my grandchildren, potentially their children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. So... So I hope people will come out thinking, you know, that there is things that we could do, especially on a cumulative level. When we all do this, it really does make an impact because, you know, that's one of my biggest challenges. Like, what's the big deal if I do this? Yeah. Versus uh, let's let's hope we're all doing this together and it can make a difference. There's action items we could do. And if we all do it, it's kind of what you said with before with the ozone, different countries united. We can't control that. That's political. That's too much beyond our means. But what we could control is us and our friends and our family and the people around us and communicating to them, hey, if you use a reusable, that's actually a lot better and it's impactful or let's reduce our straws. If we all do these, quote, smaller steps, they actually are very large steps in their effect. You were fascinated over it for a couple of hours (laughs) in the car, so I did my job there. Yeah, I was so fascinated about it. I never really realized how important it is to know about this information and that there's things we can do. And I hope my listeners, I hope everyone realizes there's things you could do. And the biggest thing I also hope you got out of this podcast is maybe differentiating between my voice and Sigal's voice. Because I could tell you, it's probably going to be really challenging. And I'm sorry. (laughs) But this is Orly talking, in case you're really confused right now. If everyone wants to learn more about their impact on this world and the environment, composting, recyclables, the way things are packaged, et cetera, et cetera, find my sister on Instagram at what? What's your handle? At Today's Green on Instagram, and I could guarantee you some shots of trash cans, Elise. <laughs> yeah, all, and you'll know that all those bins were pictures that I texted you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Please send me more, anyone. <laughs>
All right, so you'll find me on at Therapist. I will also post my sister's Instagram on my site. Send her some pictures of trash bins. Interesting one. Because, <laughs> you know, trash is so interesting. <laughs> Until next time, everyone. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes, and the information in it does not constitute or is not intended as therapy. If you are experiencing a clinical issue that was discussed on the show, please talk to your doctor for therapist referral.